Good morning, everybody. Um, this morning I'd like to offer a few reflections uh, in this practice of the perceptions around matter and body and worlds from our talk last night. And mostly by way of um, stories and poems and prayers, just as things kind of land in the soil of our group and to see um, if that supports your practice in this poetry of perception. And just remembering before I go there, the five frames that Rob outlined after lunch yesterday, just to really keep that in mind of knowing what your intention is as you're sitting here with energy body as basis of all but if in any moment our intention is towards samadhi towards tending and attending to emotions and what's going on the stuff of what's going on whether we're and again they will weave in together but whether we're intending in this moment to deliberately bring in an image or we're available for image to spontaneously arise. And this fourth and newer piece of this opening the senses as we sense ourselves more ensouled, as the soul making is available, tangible, perceivable to us, opening our senses in the meditation as well, when we feel ready to, eyes, ears, the touch of the skin, with the environment and we open to that perception of soul spreading, spilling out, spilling over, whatever, whatever is the qualitative piece of that in that moment. So just holding those frames in mind. And please, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll start with this poem from Walt Whitman. where he takes us to the, an understanding that our flesh um, can be known as a poem. This is what you shall do. Love the earth and the sun and the animals. Don't seek for riches, give, give alms to everyone that asks. Stand up for the stupid and crazy. Devote your income and labor to others. Oppose tyrants and argue not concerning God. Have patience and indulgence towards the people. Take off your hat to nothing known or unknown or to any man or number of men. Go freely with powerful, uneducated persons and with the young and with the mothers of families. Read these leaves in the open air every season of every year of your life. Re-examine all you have been told at school or church, or in any book. Dismiss whatever insults your own soul, and your very flesh shall become a great poem, and have the richest fluency, not only in its words, but in the silent lines of its lips and its face, and between the lashes of your eyes, and in every motion and joint of your body. 
Your very flesh shall be a great poem and have the richest fluency, not only in its words, but in the silent lines of its lips and face, between the lashes of your eyes and in every moment and joint of your body. Classically, um, one of the reflections the Buddha offers in the Mindfulness of Body Foundation is reflection and mindfulness of the elements. I'm just going to pick up the first four today. He asks us to reflect on body, both internally and externally, through this lens, perceiving the element that is of earth, the hardness, the firmness, the earthiness, through the element of fire, the heat, the temperature, the coolness, that which warms and cools, through the element of water, that which coheres us, (coughs) sticks this being together for the time being and through the element of wind, air, of the breath, of the movement. And space is also there sometimes, but I'll pick that up later. So classically, these are taught for us to reflect upon in mindfulness of body for a few reasons, but one is to um, allow us to be somewhat disenchanted with our idea that what we see as the form in front of us or my own form has its own reality. He's inviting us to see, no, what you take to be self, what you take to be mine or yours. He said, look at it from this frame of the elements and you will see that it's not the way it appears to you. It is not It does not have the reality that you think it has. And then that practice can take us further into unfabricating. But he doesn't stop there. In the teaching, or this is how I would see it, in the teaching where he's offering this reflection to his son, Rahula, he says, yes, do this practice. And then he says... Make your meditation, make your mind like the elements. Make your chitta, make your soul, make your soul of the elements. Let your mind be like fire, like water, like air, like earth. And initially, yes, absolutely, so that that which assails us and we get stuck to and fixated upon and caught in and snagged on, yes, we have more capacity to not take that as real, to not grasp around it as, oh, we can have a much bigger frame. We join with the elements. Can lead to more um, dispassion. 
towards cessation. But I think it's important for us to um, not stop there. That's what this retreat is, uh, offering to not stop there. So in the offering of the Buddha to really understand that what we have taken to be real is not real in the way we thought it was. He's not postulating, as I understand it, as we understand it, he's not postulating that it is uh, unreal. How would it be for us today to straddle that place which our mind tries to fathom between real and not real? So is matter real or not real? Are the elements real or not real? To come to the heart, the lens of the heart who can't absolutely answer that question in any way that is binary. It is or it isn't. The heart knows through loving, through desiring to know. I want to know. I want to know this world. I want to know this existence. I want to know this matter. I want to know my beloved otherness in all the ways he, she, they, it stands before me. I can't say you're this, but I can't say you're not this. But I want to know. So if I can hold that divine tension of not knowing and wanting to know, desiring to come closer, to see into, to penetrate, to, to love. What is this? What is this? And if we didn't have another day to know this, wouldn't you want to know this before it all, before the body was no longer available with these senses, with this capacity for perceiving? This organism, this instrument that's been given for a short time, wouldn't we want to know a little bit more? Like, what is this? What is this that I woke up into, born out of my mother those years ago, and I want to know. That is in all of our hearts, or we wouldn't be here. So that desire to come closer, to draw closer to what I want to know, like when we fall in love. You want to know the other. You want to find out everything about them, whether it's the stories about them or the, what it feels like to touch their finger. You want to look into their eyes. You want to know. You see their unfathomability. That's what happens when we allow ourselves to fall in love. We know the tricky part of it. We can fall in and then fixate, right? But that tension, that divine tension, 
not knowing and wanting to know, desiring and releasing desire, not so that it fades absolutely, but so that I can stand as this instrument in this portal of perception while it's here to know what I'm given to know. <coughs> so take a moment, I want to read you a, a morning story. A modern, a modern science, a newer science story. Again, the ideas around all of that that we heard about last night, matter, space, time, distance, all those kinds of perceptions. Um, am I willing, as Walt Whitman asked, willing just to open those up? Not just intellectually, absolutely intellectually crucial and so that my flesh becomes a poem, and as our flesh becomes a poem, that spilling out into the cosmopoesis, not separate from the flesh of the trees, becoming a poem at the same time. So please, as much as you're able, hear this from all of your, as much of your kit is available this morning, your legs, your belly, your heart, your mind, your acuity, your desirousness, your capacity to hold and be equanimous, all of it. This is a <clears throat> one story. So breathing. Because I think this poise of uh, re-enchantment is a kind of a poise of body and soul. This is the morning story. It's called, We Are Giants. Don't worry, it's not trying to make us not humble. The humble bit's there too. Looking at the enormity of the cosmos with billions of swirling galaxies, we might conclude we are very small, insignificant in the cosmic scale of things. However, imagine a ruler. Those ones from school, a 30 centimeter one. I had to think about this when I read it. 30 centimeter ruler, you got to remember the wooden days or the plastic days. Imagine a ruler measuring from the largest scale of the known universe to the smallest scale of the known universe. At the largest, billions of galaxies, each containing billions of stars. At the smallest, the bottom of the ruler, we travel deep within the core of an atom to the world of quarks, and then further to what is called, in this story, Planck distance. Humans on that ruler, do you know where you would be? <laughs> We fall roughly in the middle zone. So, 
See if your mind's trying to get its head around that. <laughs> it might, maybe yours can. <laughs> but let your heart hear it. Let your flesh hear it. And the conclusion, the insight from science, there is more smallness within us than there is bigness beyond us. Because we're just above the mid 15 centimeter spot. <laughs> There's more smallness within us than there is bigness beyond us. In the cosmic scheme, we're actually enormous creatures in the middle range of the spectrum of cosmic existence. Just as we are stunned by the immensity of our universe, we should be equally amazed to learn of our own enormity. Because we are giants, Giants are sometimes not very sensitive. <laughs> because we are giants, it should not surprise us that we overlook much that happens on a smaller scale. It's easy for us to fail to notice the enormity of the smallness within us. Just take a moment whether whatever of you hears that story. So, and if your mind's scrambling, so which bit's the cosmos? Oh, if there's any scrambling, let your mind scramble. If it does, or maybe you have some very bright, beautiful acuity. And breathe into the heart and the flesh. So as we're attending today in the meditation, sitting, walking, standing, senses available, the inner senses the so-called outer senses. It's hard from that story to know which bits on the, in, which is inside, which is outside. How does it affect your sense of yourself? And yourself here is you as this locatedness, you as this outcrop of nature, the elements, earth, fire, water, air, as flesh and as soul. And not stopping there, not stopping with making elements in the way we've thought of them as some fundamental basis. Because there is an adventure, this story invites us into an adventure into our unfathomability, and our is our as this location and our collective is there any desire to come closer to look into to penetrate to open to to receive And even if there isn't this morning, sometimes there is or you wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> 
even if it's no, I don't desire that, I've just got a headache, my knees hurt. Can I attend and tend that my skill in this moment to know what's here and what is called for, my skill is also divine skill. Here's one person's prayer of intention for their sitting and walking. It may not be yours exactly, but think about what is yours. As what it is that you're doing as you sit, what are you loving? What are you offering yourself to? I offer myself now in this sitting that I may be fashioned into an, orga an organism of more beautiful perceptivity in the service of the beloved mystery that births me in each moment. I will use what comes, the suffering, the delight, the serenity, the curiosity and the love and work with it with the skills available to me. I'm grateful for this opportunity, for the joy, the discovery, and the holy communion of being made into soul. So I'm going to guide us in with an invocation of the elements and then we'll sit together. In that middle way between real and not real, between me and not me, between not knowing and knowing. Bring each and every one of these elements to mind. Also like jewels, like in the meditation yesterday after lunch, as jewels already always happening, faces, portals of the divine. So take your seat, find your body and breath, your energy body. Even if what is here is contraction, this fits this fits too. Hardness of earth element. We honor and remember the sacred through the elements. 
earth, fire, water and air. We honour together the sacred through the element of earth. We honour the sacred as earth, in earth and through earth. You are earth. You are dark. You are heavy. You are fertile. You are deep. You are holding. You are fecund. We honour the sacred through the element of water. We are water. You are water. You are fluid. You are clear. You are vital. You are refreshing. You are renewing and renewable. You are yielding. You are humble. We honor the sacred through the element of water. We honor the sacred through the element of fire. We honor the fire. We are fire. You are fire. You are bright. You are hot. You are intense. And you are illuminating and illuminated. You are fire. We honor the sacred through the element of wind, of air. We are air. You are air. You are light. You are unencumbered. You are movement. You are fast. You can change direction. You blow through. We honor the sacred through the element of air.
Where is your mind now? And if it's appropriate and interesting for you from a place of being ensouled, if you haven't yet already opening up the senses slowly, you might not even start with eyes, you might start with ears, they may be here already. the touch through the perimeter of both skin and the edge of the energy body, that sense of the way we, we touch intimately. Seeing forms and colors, 
walls, carpets, beings, bodies. And practicing. Maybe when you open your eyes, you stay with that quality of chitta and it spills out of soul, of the cosmopoesis into your perception. Or you may notice something different happens when you open your eyes. And ears and touch And you might want to just come in again, if that's the case. Play. Play with that somewhat arbitrary edge or boundary of inner and outer. So one teacher says, it's from a different, not a non Western culture says, you guys think the soul is in the body. He says, we think the body is in the soul. And hearing sound of the bell as whatever you like, but hearing, really letting the sound come to you, your flesh, your bones. And not stopping there.
So the <clears throat> encouragement as we as we move on in in the retreat is to, as Catherine was saying, is to um, uh, open up uh, a little bit more. We started saying energy body, be here, get really. Um, wedded, if you like, or in inhabiting the energy body. And that's always going to be um, a part of the meditation. It's always going to be a, <clears throat> a, 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 a fundament, a thing that we're, a, an aspect of experience that we, we're endeavoring to always incorporate, always remain sensitive to, always involve the energy body. But the encouragement is to open up the senses <clears throat> and... Um, allow or even gently encourage and play with um, in this poetry of perception, in the art of perception, a cosmopoesis, or in plural, cosmopoesis. Um, in other words, different ways of sensing this world around us. Um, so this obviously spills over into the other postures, um, especially walking outside. That's, that's a, a, a you know, very, very place that gives a lot of availability to that walking on the lawn or going for a walk or whatever is standing, moving, as we talked about. A lot of, uh, you know, we are, one way of phrasing something is we're habitual creatures, human beings. The mind is, is, is a, is a, the mind is a, a, from a certain perspective, a mechanism of habit. It's a creature of habit. So that means the ways we tend to think, conceive even below the level of thinking, and the ways we see, sense, and perceive are often quite habitual. We, we just tend to see the world in a certain way. I tend to see myself in a certain way. I tend to see others in certain ways. And, and they repeat. There's a kind of inertia that goes with being a human being. So, so what, how, how do we soften this inertia? How do we loosen things up? So we were talking some days ago, a lot of this is about loosening. Loosening up so that other ways of seeing, other ways of knowing, become available to the soul and, and to the heart. So one, it's interesting, it's like one, one aspect of allowing uh, ourselves to perceive differently or supporting a, perceive, a different kind of perception is a kind of softening. And we can, in, in our habits of mind, we can look in certain ways or hear in certain ways and we just, something in the mind is just automatically just rigidifying around a way that we already know how to see, how to hear, how to smell. And that fabricates what we see, what we hear, what we smell. It's this, it's like this, this is its reality. We don't even think this. Some, something in the, sometimes what supports the cosmopolis is something softening. Something softening in the gaze, in the attitude, in the heart, in the being. It's, it's just a little bit of softening that allows more, more of this liquidity, the, the alchemical solution. Uh, and, and that that allows more, the more creative seeing, the malleability of the seeing. So, as, as if you're going to do walking meditation in, in the day or standing meditation, um, what you know, we're not forcing anything, but opening up to the possibility. What is it to walk uh, with, as Catherine was talking about, with this 
different awareness of the elements and the sacredness of the elements. What is it? What would it mean to walk in a sacred landscape? To walk prayerfully in a sacred landscape. What does that mean? It can mean lots of things. What does this word prayer mean? We talked about that. Prayerfully. What does that mean? How how does that affect the body? And maybe we talked about these hand postures or movements or certain uh, al- allowing your body to move in a certain way. Some things, just like when we when we were chanting out loud, it's like the whole body is involved. The whole being can be involved. What is it to walk prayerfully in a sacred landscape? You don't have to force that. It's more that we're not we're trying not to prevent it so that these things so that there can be this liquidity of perception and so we have inner, inner, you know m- minds are inertial uh, and you know they're not locked but there's an inertia there um, and also sometimes bodies are inertial again so we we get used to I sit with my eyes closed and I, and I sit in a certain posture and I keep it still and that's great it's a great discipline and then there's a kind of um, think well if I do this movement business that that we were talking about it's a bit you know I'll be a bit self-conscious because that's not really the culture here so there's an inertia that comes from maybe being self-conscious that's a part that we might need to pay attention to but some, somehow what we're doing is is we're often locked in as I said to thinking to ways of relating, to ways of perceiving, to all of this. And most of the time we don't actually realize what we're locked into. So a lot of what we're doing is loosening. And sometimes only after a thing has loosened do you realize that I was locked into something. So a big part of what we're doing is loosening, allowing that loosening to happen. And then there can be the shaping, the sculpting, the creativity. So allowing it, allowing it to expand, allowing it to be liquid, allowing it to spill out into the world without forcing, but, 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 but opening up a space where that can be possible. And when it is, it's almost like, let's say you're walking and there's a sense, some kind of sense of uh, uh, sacredness or cosmopolis or something like that. That becomes the meditation. It might be through the soles of my feet, it might, it, hopefully will involve the whole body, but the thing that I'm concentrating on is the cosmopoesis. That becomes what I'm tuning to. It's a dimension of experience that that one is then uh, looking to engage and, and relate to and linger with, tune to. No forcing, allowing things to loosen so that things can be born for us and then gently encouraged, supported. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.